actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. I'm Kelly Tool at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on everything, although according to the, our great YouTube overlords, you now have to be over 18 to see some of my content. In all candor, you've always needed to be over 18 to see some of Mike's content. It's just now YouTube is more aware of that. <laughs> Well, you don't have to be over 18 to like and subscribe wherever you're getting this content. Absolutely. Wow, that, you are so good at that now. Right? Yeah, I'm impressed. Making it a point. It's my post-100th episode resolution. Every every episode, you're dropping it in there nice and early. It's cool. And what's even more cool is we're back to talking about Alice Cooper albums. Alice has recently released an LP, an EP rather, called Breadcrumbs as a tribute to the Detroit sound. Unfortunately, it doesn't feature some of his regular bandmates. He he does a pretty good job for replacements for this. He's pulling people from the Detroit scene, including Eddie Kramer from MC5, who a personal favorite of mine. So, different backing band than usual. Six-song EP. Oh, wow. It's been so long since we've done an Alice Cooper <laughs> a review. <laughs> I'm not fully prepared to talk about the artwork. Are you? <laughs> I am. Yes. Good. I'll uh, I'll 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 agree a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lead the way on this one then. That would be best. So the artwork is sort of a uh reworking of the inside uh picture from Love It to Death of the close up of the spider eye makeup with imagery in the iris of the eyes. Very graphic. I mean very similar to the the Love It to Death way they shot that as well, kind of very graphic high contrast pretty pretty striking i think one of a, a pretty solid cover for me i like it yeah i really enjoy it um i like the black and white it's a little bit of a carryover i mean we're still i i guess kind of still a part of that that whole paranormal cycle where you had like the the more or less black and white sort of low color imagery you had that for the paranormal album you had it for paranormal evening uh, as well as the last release was the Sound of AEP, which was a handful of live tracks. And like this, that was released digitally and as a 10-inch vinyl. Yeah, and I forget, um, I think Sound of A came in like red vinyl, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not, And I think they're doing something special. I know it's a limited edition of vinyl for uh, breadcrumbs, but uh, I think they were doing something special with it as well. Mostly digital, but you can limited release of vinyl. You may want to look into that. Which way have you consumed it so far, Mike? Have you gone the vinyl route or have you just done the digital so far? Just digital so far. I haven't made it over to the record shop that I typically pick these things up at, but the owner is kind enough that when something like this comes in, he typically puts it aside for me because he he knows the stuff that I, I come in and buy. So he usually puts that kind of stuff aside for me. So I'm sure there is one sitting there. 
It's good to have friends. <laughs> so excellent. What about you, sir? Are you vinyl or digital so uh, far? Digital so far. I, I'm pretty interested in getting the vinyl, but I just haven't haven't got around to it yet. So we'll uh, we'll probably do both on this one. I did not for Sound of A. I didn't I didn't uh, go vinyl on that, but which I guess do we need to go back and do Sound of A also maybe at some point? So so this is an interesting thing. I did something. I kind of broke our our. I don't know if it's a rule, but you and I both do this and it's more of a self-imposed thing. Uh, but we have discussed it when we're doing these Alice Cooper reviews. Obviously, we listen to the records, even the albums, the older albums that we were more familiar with. We go back and listen to them numerous times. I personally and Kelly has, has said this as well as well. Don't go and read reviews or watch other review videos or podcasts prior to us doing our reviews because I don't want to accidentally say something the way that someone else said just because I agree with them. Not that they would sway my opinion. Obviously, Kelly and I are big Alice Cooper fans. We already were perfectly capable of formulating and discussing our own opinions on these. But I just don't want to use someone else's wording to get my point across. Uh, But I kind of broke that rule this time only because I was having a hard time finding because I don't have the physical copy. It's just digital. And because it's an EP, there's not a ton of, you know, reviews and articles about it the same way a full-length studio record gets so i was looking to see if i could get liner notes and i came across a video and a couple of reviews that i didn't read the whole thing i was just you know scanning through it to see what i could find out about it and a few things (laughs) noted this as alice's first ep of his career obviously that's not true (laughs) as we're discussing sound of a ep was released not that long ago uh, all, same type of release, a 10-inch vinyl and digital release. There was also the Alice uh, Does Alice EP, the High Five EP, and I believe there was a few others. So there are Alice EPs, and we haven't reviewed those. Yeah, there's a, there's a Special Forces EP uh, that has For Britain Only on it before it came out on the box set. Uh, live, okay. live versions of Who Do You Think We Are? Uh, and oh, I'm sure... Uh, generation landslide i mean it's always yeah <laughs> it seems like it would be <laughs> so i mean there have been numerous alice eps over the years so i'm not sure where that misinformation is starting from and i'm not trying to like you know knock anybody else's reviews but obviously other people have this wrong information and that is in fact not true there have been multiple alice eps and the most recent ones being sound of a didn't even come out that long ago so it's weird that people are ignoring that one and then alice does alice came out in 2010 2011 somewhere around there and then there's other ones prior to that like kelly was mentioning so there are other alice eps this is not the first one so i did want to ask i mean we kind of touched on this a little bit prior to the show should we be talking about these or ranking these at some point um i think ranking uh i think i want to you know we, we talked a little bit beforehand and i originally thought yeah i better be ready to rank this and so i went through some thought process on that but Stacking up an EP against full full albums isn't isn't really fair to either, and I almost think we keep keep these um, separate and talk about kind of we talked about the live albums separately. EPs may be another kind of category to go in. So my leaning is to talk about them. We may want to go back and look at a couple of the other ones we've talked there and see if they're worthwhile going through. But uh, this one had some uniqueness to it, and, and I thought we're definitely worth talking about. Yeah, I think out of all of them, this one stands more on its own. So I'm not familiar with the Special Forces EP. Uh, Sound of A, though, was released 
Sound of A itself was released as a single, and then there was an EP release that collected some live tracks as well as the song Sound of A. So that was something that was more of a tie-in, still part of the the whole paranormal cycle along with Paranormal Evening. And this, you know, maybe is a part of that in terms of how it's being, when it's being released. But you know, this stands more on its own than that does because I feel like Sound of A is is just a part of that same cycle. Alice Does Alice, if anybody's not familiar with that one, which I believe is no longer available in the US. Um, I Because I was trying to look it up just to see when it was released and all that. It's difficult to find information for it. It looks like it is still available worldwide, just not much in the US. If anybody's not familiar with that one, it is Alice and Bob Ezrin re-recorded a handful of Alice Cooper songs. Uh, because they were being licensed for movies and games and things like that. And if anyone doesn't know, nowadays when they do that, if you the songs are mixed specifically for the projects. And a lot of those older songs, they don't have really high-end multi-track recordings of, which you would need to do surround sound mixes and things like that for film and video game projects. So a lot of artists were re-recording tracks specifically for license use like that. Alice was doing that as well. So they ended up releasing a handful of those as an EP. So I feel like, you know, that's it's almost like a compilation in a way. Um, the High Five EP is a compilation. It's like a five song best of kind of thing. Um, and I'm, I'm not familiar with Special Forces. I know there's probably a few others. But this one does seem more of a standalone product than those do. I would agree. I would agree with that. And it's an interesting listen. And then why don't we just get right to it? So we both like the album artwork. As Mike mentioned, kind of staying back in a little more of that saturated, strong contrast, and appropriately tying back to the second greatest Alice Cooper album of all time, Love It to Death, because that was really the turn out of the psychedelic sound into Detroit rock. Was, was this, this was the moment that Alice, the Alice Cooper group really started to become the entity that we knew and loved for their their duration and then Alice beyond that. And so what better way to start off a tribute to Detroit than Detroit City 2020, which Alice has done this before. Generation Landslide 1981 was on Special Forces uh, as a faked out live track <laughs> kind of thing. From the originally, this is a this isn't a remix. This is I, I guess it's a remix, but it's more than a remix because some of the choruses changed. Some of the, the song structure has changed a little bit, but it came off originally uh, Detroit City was on Eyes of Alice Cooper. Mike, if you were just to venture a guess how many years ago Eyes of Alice Cooper was released, what would be your guess? You know, it's funny. I went to re-listen Eyes of Alice Cooper. This is where I'm going to backpedal slightly on what I said. The only way this one, compared to the other EPs, this feels like it stands on its own more. Where that falters, though, is that this does feel more like a companion in the way that Sound of A is a companion EP to the Paranormal release. This almost feels like it was meant to be a companion EP to Eyes of Alice Cooper, just released much later. And I went to go re-listen to some of the Eyes of Alice Cooper tracks after I gave this. I've listened to this three times all the way through now. Um, I went to go give Eyes of Alice Cooper another listen because I don't revisit that one that often. And it's actually not available digitally anymore. Oh, really? At least not in the U.S., huh. yeah. So um, more than likely, it's a licensing thing, just like with Alice Does Alice. Like certain albums you'll see pop on and off of streaming platforms and different digital platforms just because of licensing until, you know, the new licensing agreements are in place for it. So I actually don't know off the top of my head, but I'm guessing it's longer than I feel like it was. Yeah. 16 years ago. 
Wow, that is no way that I would have guessed that. No, I, I would have said like on the on the long end, like a decade ago. Yeah, I would have said I I wouldn't have thought it would have broken ten. You know, either as just, but yeah, sixteen years ago, I I remember it coming out. It doesn't feel I, like that I was sixteen that years. Ago. Detroit City was a great was a great track on that album. I totally am with you that it, because. Eyes of Alice Cooper was largely a tribute to kind of the garage band sound. And this is kind of carrying that forward, the Detroit garage band sound. So they're very, they, they absolutely could be companions just 16 years apart. But uh, Detroit City 2020 and Alice Cooper composition, uh, it is a remix. It's a cleaner, a cleaner vocal uh, and cleaner guitars. Then it's still got a little of the garage stuff going, still got some of the Detroit, but but it, to, to me, this recording is a, a little bit cleaner, not sanitized, but a little bit cleaner. The guitar work towards the end of the song where we get kind of some mini solos is really cool. It's a nice addition. And of course, as I mentioned, there's new tidbits like a new chorus and those pieces there. So I like this. I actually think I tend to favor the original Detroit City over this one, but I think they're both very good songs. So I like the song. When I listened to it the first time, it didn't immediately click, but I it was one of those things where I was just like, I've heard this before. And I kind of like was, you know, preemptively thinking of kind of what comes next in the the lyrical delivery. And then the chorus was different. I was like, is this like, I feel like he's done this song, but I don't recognize the chorus. And it wasn't until the second verse that it really clicked. And I was just like, oh, this is a reworking of an, of another song. And like Kelly was saying, it's not really a remix per se, but an updating, I guess, would be the way to word it. I do like it. I don't necessarily think it brings... It, that it elevates it in any way versus the eyes of Alice Cooper version though. Yeah. I would, I would be in agreement with that. I, I would say too, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I brought this up in our eyes of Alice Cooper review for anybody who doesn't know when he's listing off the other Detroit or famously Detroit or Michigan based groups in there. He does mention insane clown posse. Alice Cooper did appear on an insane clown posse album which is something that I feel like deserves to be brought up again. Other than that, though, I don't think it really brings anything new in the sense of elevating it beyond the original version of the song. It does really firmly let you know right in the beginning where you're going to be for the rest of the CP, though. That's kind of in that same garage rock space in a slightly different way, but still more garage Alice Cooper like we got on Eyes of Alice Cooper. Yeah, I just I think the the original there was just maybe a titch more power to it but again both very good versions and it absolutely sets the tone and then we go into the second song which is called go man go uh and this uh this is the also an alice uh, composition original composition new music but this will be the last of that <laughs> everything else are covers from here on out it's got to me in listening to it a kind of ramones feel punk kind of a punk run to it a little bit as well and a good good driving song uh it is for me kind of tied of everything on this EP. It's my favorite song on this uh, EP along with another one I'll talk about later. So I like this song. You definitely hit on it. It's definitely punk in the Ramones version of what punk rock is. A lot of times, like for me personally, when I think punk, I'm thinking, you know, sex pistols and bands like that, the misfits. And then uh, not that I don't like the Ramones, but I, I almost think of Ramones style punk as being a separate thing from sort of the more edgy stuff that you were getting out of England with the early punk and then the post-punk, the sort of proto-goth stuff that was coming out of England, and then the harder edge stuff that we started getting on the East Coast here with the Misfits and things like that. Whereas the Ramones, while they are an East Coast band, 
are definitely, you know, they came out of the misfits maybe came slightly later than the Ramones, but the misfits kind of kicked off this whole other wave of punk that feels like it exists in this separate alternate universe than the Ramones and the bands that they inspired and kicked off that version of punk. So this definitely lives in that, that Ramones world of punk rock. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's, you know, in, you know, as you, as you head towards the Midwest and back to, to Michigan, you get into MC five and Iggy, and and that kind of stuff where it's a yet yet another flavor. There there's definitely threads that tie them together, but they, there is a uniqueness to each of those types. But a good song and and the last of the original stuff we're going to get. So then we get into a very eclectic collection of who's covered and what's covered for the for the rest of it. Starting with a song I was not familiar with, and I certainly wasn't familiar with who it came from. It's a Bob Seger song called East Side Story. Decidedly not Bob Seegery to me <laughs> in listening to it. I would not have made that connection. I had read that he was one of the sources of the material. Hearing this song, I would not have made the connection. Oh, yeah, that's the Seeger song. But it has almost a Gloria kind of uh, vibe to it in terms of kind of some of the vocal delivery and the way some things build up to it. But it's a good song. It's solid. Uh, I said it just didn't feel very seagery. It was it was good. I I liked the first two songs better. Uh, I thought it was still good. I was just a little bit thrown to say, oh, this is a Seeger song, and I just didn't really have a lot of frame of reference. Kind of in the same place as you. Um, I liked the song, so I knew this was mostly a covers based set. I knew that there was a couple of Alice originals, and then when when it kicked off, and not that I didn't like Detroit 2020, but when it kicked off with a song that was actually a reworking of his existing song, I was like, eh, I hope you know it doesn't kind of throw away the the couple of originals on here in the sense of like, I just want as much Alice Cooper content as I could possibly get. So I felt like, you know, a reworking while the song was fine. I wanted to hear as much, get as much new material as I could out of this. And I knew that there were some covers on there and it's one of those things, especially nowadays albums are starting to kind of get shorter again. And I feel like the the line between an EP and a full length album is starting to kind of blur again, the way that it would have ironically back in the 70s or something like that, uh, where albums were much shorter. But the difference is you're getting the shorter albums and you're getting bands releasing more content now. So instead of spending a couple of years making a record that has, you know, 15 to 18 songs on it, you're getting shorter albums every year or even less from certain artists with, you know, EPs and singles and things in between, which is great. I've nothing against that. But this is one of those things where, you know, there's six tracks on here. It's 22 minutes right around there. Yeah. So it is. I mean, technically, I know their marketing is an EP. Technically, from the RIAA standards, they could market this as an album if they wanted to. And I'm sure had they thrown another song or two on there, uh, they could have easily just marketed this as a shorter album, like a stopgap between this and his next proper studio album, which I almost feel like they should have. And that's really, for me, the one kind of downside of this record. We only get really the one new Alice song. We get some covers and we get the reworking of Detroit. But had they put, even if it was another cover song or two or another live track, I feel like we could have gotten a more full experience out of this than we did. And that's my my one real quibble with this project. As far as this song, I enjoyed this song a lot. I don't know a lot about Bob Seger. So I, I'm only familiar with a handful of songs. So I can't really say that I know what Seger sounds like truly. But I would still have not guessed this was <laughs> was the song. 
if you, prior to listening to this, after I listened to it, I was like, I, well, I know this one's probably a cover. So I had to look up who it was and I was like, yeah, that doesn't, that's not what I thought Seeger sounded like. But again, to be fair, I've heard like three Seeger songs. Yeah. My, my Seeger depth is not significantly better than that, but I've, I've listened to enough, one of his live albums to kind of have the feel. Uh, and it just, this, this felt a little, a little astray of that, but a good song, like, like you said. So, of course, as you would expect on any uh, Alice Cooper album, there's the, you know, always expected Susie Quattro cover. <laughs> and that's our next one. Your Mama Won't Like Me. I like this song quite a bit. I think it's really cool. I do struggle that for, and this is just, maybe it's just me, but when the opening lines are, my jeans are too short, my neckline's too low, I actually prefer to hear that from Susie Quattro over Alice, <laughs> if I have a choice in terms of a visual image uh, from there. But uh, it's a fun little number. It's really cool. He almost uh, sings it similar to, uh, if we go back to the uh, little strange space rock opera that Alice was involved with way back in the day that John Intosa was a participant on, the song I'm Flash. The The vocal delivery by Alice on this really is reminiscent of some of that. It's kind of spitting it out in that kind of snarl, menacing kind of way, but but it had just to me a feel of the the Flash song there. I said a little lyrical disconnect for me here and there from an imagery standpoint, but a, a fun song, a good solid song, and I did enjoy it. So I've heard gender swap covers before, and I feel like there's a couple different ways you can go about it. I've heard when they reverse the pronouns, with those or make adjustments to the lyrics that are more fitting, I guess, for the the gender identity of the person who's performing the song. I think in this case, though, it was smart not to do that because I think it fits with, you know, the shock image of early Alice Cooper. And he's also done other sort of uh, plays on gender with things in songs before. So I think it it definitely fits in keeping the lyrics that way. I will use this as an opportunity to shit on the band Seether, though, who are terrible. And <laughs> they did something similar where they did a, a, a gender kind of swap song. They took their name from a Veruca Salt song called Seether. And they eventually covered that song Seether and didn't change any of the lyrics. But in a way that made it sound like they didn't ever actually listen to the lyrics. Like it wasn't done in a like a fun, ironic way, the way that I feel like Alice was with this. I feel like Alice went into this with a conscious decision to sing those lyrics that way. Whereas I think when you sometimes when you hear it and just you see there as an example, I think that they never understood the original song, thought it was a cool name. And then, you know, at some point somebody's like, You should cover that, and they did, but still didn't really understand what they were doing whereas i feel like with alice going into this this was definitely he knew exactly what he was doing and did it well yeah and it's not unfamiliar territory for him you're right there that he's he's done that before so uh the next one this is a, a combination couple songs on here it's devil with a blue dress and chains of love devil with the uh, blue dress originally by shorty long uh and uh the dirt bombs uh chain of love for me this is kind of the the disappointment of the of the EP in that we you mentioned it earlier a lot of times and we've mentioned it on past reviews a lot of times when Alice takes a song and covers it he can take hello hooray and turn it into something 
incredibly different and awesome. Sunrise, the same thing. In this one, I think there are kind of multiple versions of Devil with a Blue Dress on that have more punch. This is a, a very kind of laid back delivery of Devil with a Blue Dress on. There's kind of some very interesting spoken word intro before it takes off. Pace picks up for me a little bit when we get into Chains of Love. Uh, but he, you know, to me, he, we've seen him do it again and again and again to take one of these songs and just all of a sudden take it to some new level and give it a lot more menace, growl, punch. And I just didn't get that on this one. It's a, it's a fine execution. It's a good song. But when you kind of go, oh, yeah, that other version was a little punchier, that's, that's typically not what you expect from an, uh, from an Alice Cooper performance. Kind of in the same place again. Probably the low point of the project for me. You really hit the nail on the head with, I, I like when Alice does covers because I feel like he does something different with the tracks. Sun Arise to me is, is the most extreme example. Uh, go listen to the original Sun Arise, then listen to the Alice Cooper Group one. Uh, first off, the Alice Cooper Group version of that song sounds like their song. They really own that song and make it their own. But then when you hear what they kind of, pulled that from and the way that they transformed it into their own thing it gives you an even stronger deeper respect for that similar to you know i i like the suzy quattro cover on here i've never heard that bob seeger song so i can't tell you i like it on here i can't tell you how it works as a cover but like the suzy quattro thing like you know playing with the the sort of gender roles of the lyrics you know that's something that clearly because alice has tread in this territory before that's something that clearly was a conscious decision on his part going into that cover so so he's approaching most of these covers with with that in mind like making it his own and particularly with the devil and the blue dress part of this like i feel like i've heard punchier versions of that before which is weird that i'm not getting that from alice yeah, it totally threw me. Cause it, and I said, it's not bad, but it's just like you, you kind of, he takes stuff to 11. And this wasn't, this still, this wasn't a 11. It was just kind of just a more calm, calm execution of this. Uh, very competent, good, but, but not the special that we get with things. And I, th- I do think Sunrise is probably the best, the best Elvish. Although, hello, hooray. I think he also made that his own. And, uh, oh, absolutely. I, I think Sun Arise is the most different, so that's why I was focusing on that one. And so the EP wraps up with Sister Anne by MC5. Um, it's, as one would expect, it's a rockin' little number. To me, uh, my notes says pure Detroit. I mean, this is 1,000% Detroit sound. Rockabilly's not the right word, but but there is there is an element of edgy, almost rockabilly, but... Rock, more rock than rockabilly in there that goes through you get alice doing some harmonica work at the end of it which is always cool as well so a very strong ending to the album this is i mentioned earlier that go man go was uh one of my favorites sister ann was i enjoyed equally i think they're the two strongest songs on the cp and uh, i enjoyed this song quite a bit yeah i really enjoyed this one as well and you know it's it's tough to give especially you know for the squatties out there they know what big alice cooper fans we are so when you know we say that something like the devil in the blue dress part of the previous track was a little bit of a low point for us that's a low point by alice standards obviously we're huge alice cooper fans so we're not judging that that's not a bad cover 
that's not a bad performance. It's just it doesn't live up to our standards of what we see Alice Cooper as. So this definitely picks it up again, as you would expect, I would think, from an MC5 cover. A fun little aside, because we haven't really gone on tangents, I don't think, on this one. My introduction to MC5 was actually the electronic group KLF. They had sampled an MC5 song in one of their songs, which led me, hearing that as a kid, to go and track down mc5 stuff i knew who mc5 were in a general sort of vague sense and i had heard like maybe one or two songs on the radio but tracking down mc5 records wasn't because of that it was actually hearing somebody sample one of their songs so i think it is funny you know i listened to this cover and then went back and listened to the mc5 song so it's kind of bringing it full circle in my mc5 experience for me uh like kelly said too there's kind of a rockabilly thing sort of in this it's rockabilly if you don't listen to a lot of rockabilly, if that makes sense, like I would never put this on for one of my friends who's really steeped in rockabilly music and call it rockabilly to them. Like that would probably be like calling Garth Brooks country to somebody who's like an old school, serious country music connoisseur. That's not to say that I'm not shitting on Garth Brooks in any way, but I'm not that I'm familiar with his music either, but you know, I know that people who take country very, very seriously don't consider that on the same level as somebody like Johnny Cash. Artistically, they would see him as more of like a pop star. So I'm sure this isn't rockabilly to hardcore rockabilly fans. So take that with a grain of salt as we say that. But this is a sort of rockabilly <laughs> version of the song. But more importantly, this is probably the most Detroit garage rock song on a Detroit garage rock EP. I would agree 100% with that. And it was and it was a great way to finish finish it off. So always great to get new Alice music. Uh this was fun. It is as Mike mentioned, this is a bit of a a warm-up act to what's coming. We have a new Alice album coming. I think that's in 2020. Looking forward to to that and there's I, th- I think probably we've got some uh I don't know if there's another Hollywood Vampire thing coming or not, but uh, we definitely got a, another straight up Alice album coming in the not too distant future. So that'll be great. I've but. seen some things. I, I don't know if it's actually confirmed, but I've seen some things where people are saying that there might be a Hollywood vampires live album coming. That might be the one I've heard of. It's great to get back and talk about this stuff. And to Mike's caveat a little bit earlier, when we say, ah, this is the weakest track. It's everything's relative here. We love this stuff. It's Alice. It's great. So it's just relatively speaking and for, for our high expectations of Alice stuff because we love it so much and so much of it is just so amazing. Everyone's always like, and eh, this is, there's a lot of other stuff at a higher level is really our point because when I was toying with the idea of ranking this and looking through, uh, if I were to kind of stack it up against the albums, it wasn't, and you know, it, it was pretty far down the list, but it was still amongst albums that I enjoy and listen to all the time and think are really good. But everything's relative. There's just there's so many good things out there. There's other ones on on top of them. But this was this was fun. It was it was good. The 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 cover selection was eclectic. That was pretty cool. Finishes strong. So um, I'd recommend if you haven't haven't gotten breadcrumbs, you ought to you ought to grab it uh, because it's a it's a nice little. Uh, little chunk of Alice in a special way. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it to people. I like that Alice is focusing more on vinyl now. There was a special vinyl release, a Paranormal. Now two EPs back-to-back are vinyl and digital only. So it's cool to see him focusing on vinyl, and there is like special colored vinyl editions and things like that. So I'm curious to see as he's gearing up. uh, They're saying 2020 for the next studio record. So as he's gearing up for that, I'm curious to see what we could possibly get for a potential like cool packaging 
special editions and things for that. Awesome. Well, we will be back again next week talking about something. And I'd just like to say thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Uh, 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 uh,